Hello and welcome to Horror's Heretics. This is episode 14 and we're looking at the second half of Legion by Dan Abnett. I'm William. I'm Neil. Let's get going. Neil, anything you'd like to report um, before we get started talking about the book? Uh, You bought one of your shitty cups. (laughs) I did. I'm actually drinking coffee from it um, as we speak, which uh, was a little bit um, of a tough decision to make. Because I was like, you know, you don't you don't put coffee into art, do you? So, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, uh, I suppose not. That's I think when, will that like we we have been building uh, an inclusive listenership. We want to include everyone. Uh, we don't want to talk shit about anyone. And but I do think we need a word that sort of separates. Uh, us, everyone else, from you, uh, <laughs> so, so that we can sort of delineate you as um, somebody who spent money on a, a Warhammer cup. It well, doesn't. It doesn't need to be hateful, but I do want it to be. I do want. You do want some queer separation. Yeah, exactly. I do want everyone to know that I am not whatever it is you are. But um, I, I think it's important. One one thing I would like to say about the experience of buying this cup is that it was my first time actually buying from the Black Library's own online store, and um, in the whole process of ordering and getting the cup, you know all the emails you get when you buy something online about you know your or your order is complete, your um, it's been dispatched, etc. There was a commitment to staying in universe uh, throughout those. Oh emails so i was constantly being told that you know the servitors are are <laughs> have yeah, back, have back my delivery <laughs> the servitors were always uh at work in some uh stage of the process uh, when i was getting those emails but it, anyway, w- it will yeah. be deliberated within five uh, working <laughs> yeah, days yeah. the engine seers are working <laughs> <laughs> uh, whenever you first said that uh, I thought you were going to get even worse than you've just been because you said you said um, the experience of buying this, and I thought you were, you were talking about it's not quite so much a cup for coffee; it's more of a, a, a new coffee delivery experience. <laughs> well, to be honest, the coffee like I feel like this cup's not gonna come into its own until such time as possibly. You know, when I'm visiting you in East London, it seems like a good venue for it. You know. Your typical independent coffee shop is sort of very clean, um, minimalist, you know, white or wooden surfaces, um, very stripped back, and then just popping in with, uh, like, slapping this down on the table um, with its, yeah, you know, this gaudy image. Yeah, <laughs> all our coffee cups. Um. So, second half of Legion, uh, our discussion of the last part of this book um I don't like. I mean, it's the things you kind of need to know about it. I guess would be that we we left that son, um, John Chromaticus had killed that Lucifer Black, um, and Sonica had uh, was sort of brought into the the treachery uh, by Bronzy, and Alpharius was threatening him, and we didn't quite know which way it was going and that's how it ended all the different plot threads we i don't know if we really need to go into it because they're not no, no, they're, no. they're hardly dealt with in the book itself i don't think we should <laughs> we need to go into it too much no no uh, yeah but i was more meaning in terms of our discussion about it i feel like there was two oh right um, i'm sorry two big takeaways and well or two things that set up for this episode one of them was like we had a discussion about it. there was a lot of intrigue, and this is all written kind of like a spy novel. And um, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure if the payoff was going to justify that kind of approach. If you see what I mean, like there was totally. a lot of mysteries and things left hanging, and I was waiting to see part two, see if that would pay. It was pay very. Off the other. I, I think it was very important that it would pay off because it almost it, it's it's only it would only be good if the payoff was good so like if the payoff is bad it sort of retroactively <clears throat> retcons it all uh, and, yeah. and makes it kind of shit and pointless so that was one issue in my mind another theme 
it's not really a theme, but uh, you sent me a message last night that um, about what you thought of this book. I won't spoil. <laughs> I won't spoil that. But um, I was a little surprised by what you said, um, just based on what yeah. I thought from our discussion last time and our relative oh, yeah, I levels think of enjoyment about the book. But I, I, I edited the last uh, podcast, and I remember. I don't even remember saying it, but I remember hearing that I said it, that um, this was probably my most, this is my favorite half of a book uh, apart from the Dark Angels book, which we both really liked. Um, So that's where I stood. And I think we've sort of foreshadowed it enough uh, that I I don't think that way anymore. Um, But like what you said was true and, and, that was the first thing that I that really hit me um, in this book of two halves was that the first one was like a total spy fiction and I'm not like totally conversant in spy fiction it's not something I've read a huge amount of um, but the second half of this book completely changes it seems and isn't like the first half at all well let's get into it I, I think I, I sort of agree with that yeah um, but anyway <clears throat> this book I think that this part of the the book starts with um, a bit that I really got into some types of sci-fi that I really enjoy and that we will come back to later on when John Grammaticus is in, he's retreated to a desert after that situation he just talked about with the, the Lucifer Blacks where he killed one of them um, when he was trying to basically listen in on a meeting in a tent. So he's in the he's kind of retreated to the desert where he's left a lot of he's like squirreled away a bunch of different supply things that he can pick up and uh, use. And he gets into a conversation with the cabal. Um, and all I really remember about this is that there's a reference to to one one of the cabal uh, being a sentient cloud of dust. Yeah, that was uh, great. I love that. Yeah, I mean, this is like this is the type of sci-fi. Have you? I don't think. Oh, I've never played with you, Twilight Imperium. Have you ever played that? Uh, I I haven't. It's always just been like uh, the size of the box and the number of pieces. I've always just been like, uh, this is going to take forever to learn and forever to play. It's completely ridiculous, but it's great. But like, literally, it's like the achievement of Twilight Imperium is getting a game played and at the end of the day like everyone's exhausted and and it is a day but anyway that that sounds absolutely terrible (laughs) the salient point about it is that in Twilight Imperium it's a game of conquest in the galaxy um, and you're fighting over different planets and stuff and there's all these different alien species that you can play in the game and like you know some of them are like giant turtles and one of them is like basically they're like sort of, I don't know, like suns or like they are nuclear energy that live inside sort of suits that carry them about so they can converse with other people. Anyway, like I love stuff like that where it's like just the creators have had to go wild with coming up with like. Yeah, I I, I, I agree. I have played yeah. um, Stellaris, the the game oh, yeah. uh, by Paradox. And it has some really interesting uh, species and like some are based on fungus and some are based on like spider creatures and some are crystalline and stuff so i i I enjoy that kind of shit as well yes stellaris like i generally no i kind of like in theory i want to play games like that but in practice like i just start playing them and like the menus just overwhelm me and then i don't play it for a few days and then i've forgotten everything i learned about the first time i played it so it doesn't really work out i'm totally the same stellaris though I i find better like crusader kings doesn't even tell you what the menus fucking do so like i was just like yeah i'm out but like solaris does like the idea of it especially when i read about some of the expansions it sounds really cool like they've got like expansions about exploring sort of distant stars and stuff like that and 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 that sounds really cool so yeah that, that i like i like that kind of sci-fi and there's there's an element of that with the cabal in this um but most of it is most of the rest of this book is set on Nerth, uh, where we were for the 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 last episode, so this sort of desert planet where this massive kind of intrigue had been going on. Um, 
So the the we we meet uh, we don't meet one of those um, uh, Drahendra. They're the uh, energized dust uh, that sort of surround the planet. Uh, we just hear that they are on board with the Cabal. Who we do meet is the Autark. He's um, he is a tall uh, Eldar called Slida. Uh, I think that's how I pronounced it anyway. And yeah. he's like tall and super slim and he's got white wings and he talks through uh, an interpreter and even though he can speak Gothic and John can speak Eldar, uh, which is a sort of nice little twist uh, because he is like a very superior. And it's pretty cool that... Um, Throughout this book, when we see him again, he is trying to do essentially what he would consider the moral thing. You know, the yeah. um, the thing that will save the most lives. Uh, but at the same time, he is a, a horrible, like, xenophobe. And, uh, like, he hates humanity. Uh, he calls it, like, a disease. Like, he speaks with all of that kind of rhetoric of uh horrible like people that you're meant to hate and uh yeah it's a it's an interesting little little mix-up does his his interpreter had some real sass does he 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 was like was he not like given grammaticus loads of shit he he, he was sort of (laughs) i think he was sort of going into business for himself every now and again (laughs) like like, uh, a few phrases from slida and this interpreter was just going mate he he's fucking angry with you right now like you need to get on his good side because what's that what's that Oh boy! Oh my God! Oh, oh God! Did you hear what he just said about you and your your human race? It was um, it was quite entertaining. Um, so yeah, Grammaticus, he's away away from the 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 rest of them basically, and then there's a whole bunch of stuff with uh, the different sort of police forces, if you like, within these these. Uh, uh, imperial military units like there's the the Lucifer Blacks and then there's the Gene Whips of the Gino Two Five Chiliad or whatever. It really comes into focus how boring both of those strands are, both of those storyline strands. Well, I I consistently sort of just saw them as the same thing, um, which you know I, I, I like just got confused, but. We not by the end of the novel, but towards the start of of which was which out of the gene whips and the. Um, I, I remember in the last episode you literally couldn't remember the phrase Lucifer Blacks. <laughs> oh yeah, repeatedly. Quite repeatedly. funny. <laughs> There's a lot of things. Why well, I, I was seriously troubled by some of the stuff I couldn't remember in the last episode. <laughs> like I was like, I did. did I, I did have to cut out some bits of you just going. I don't remember that at all. <laughs> <laughs> if there are any bits where like it's all me talking there the, the were bit, like interspersed bits of William just going you're going to need to take the rest of that bit because I have no memory of that <laughs> well the, the worst bit was like a whole character died and <laughs> I right. had no memory of it like <laughs> there was the the meeting between uh, Bronzy and Dimitar were like delivering that body which doesn't come up again um and yeah the dimitar gets shot by the sole space marine who goes to meet them and you were like that sounds that sounds important (laughs) (laughs) and yeah i did like something there's a passing reference in this half of the book to something that I'd totally forgotten, which is the reason, presumably, why that was done, which is that he had some bone embedded in him, that some nerthine bone or something uh, embedded in him somehow. I don't know how that happened, but um, and that was making him all chaosed up or something. Well, yeah. Sp- speaking of chaos, there is there is a point I wanted to raise here. Um, about when he was talking, when John Chromaticus was talking to Slida, was um, the Eldar character said, John, we have tested the legions one by one, the Dark Angels first, centuries ago. There is too much inherent corruption in them. 
the gene seed weakness in all the older legions has been exacerbated by the need to keep them up to strength for the Great Crusade. They have all, one way or another, weakened themselves. They are vulnerable. But the Alpha Legion, the last, the latest, they are still pure enough, green, receptive to change. And this, I, at this bit, I, I hadn't been like, I, I didn't turn immediately at this bit, but this idea of like genetic purity, I thought was really just a hideous thing uh, to promote as a positive. And um, like all the the sources of chaos, all, all the sources of falling to chaos, I should probably say, in the previous books have been like, uh, really, it's ambition, really, isn't it? It's like uh, yeah. unfettered desire for uh, recognition or for greatness or, you know, that kind of thing. None of that is genetic weakness yeah no i agree it doesn't it just it doesn't really make much sense given what we've been uh, told up till now uh, in terms of like i mean the only caveat i would say to what you said is just that it's been that opinion has been put forth by this uh, alien you've just described who like despises the human race and oh yeah like I'm, I'm not i'm not throwing this i'm not throwing this at like the author uh I just think uh, I just wanted to bring it up as a a point, you know, in the yeah. universe. It seemed like just a I don't know, uh, just a not very well thought out excuse to have the Alpha Legion as um, give them a reason why they were singled out. I guess, like, yeah, uh, I, I, and that line ex- explains entirely my hatred of this book (laughs) there Uh, we have it there we have i couldn't i couldn't keep it i couldn't bring it through to the end um just in the notes that i made so many times i just like went into all caps and just went this does not make any sense this is a stupid reason for this to happen the next bit there's a bunch of stuff that happens that i'll try to summarize very quickly so they figure out that uxor ruxana had some connection with Grammaticus or whatever the name they happen to know him by. So the two sort of police forces that we've talked about kind of home in. Well, th- this this is actually the bit that um, really made me hate this. Okay. Um, and I just think it's where the spy novel just completely disappears. Um, yeah, I agree. I agree. There's like, <clears throat> like I said in the last book, I felt like this was all building up to something, and I, whether it was good or not would kind of be depend on the payoff and I kind of for most of this book I was like uh, no I felt it, it came across as if all that like mystery and diversion was just artifice really you know it was just mm-hmm. like right I'm going to do a spy novel we're going to have all this mystery but there's no real there's nothing at the centre <laughs> there's yeah. not much at the centre of it you know because it all kind of hinges on the fact that two loyal sort of leadership or you know, mid-level leadership figures within this imperial regiment, just just like that, without their motivations really being explained at all, decided to be like secret agents for the Alpha Legion and spy on their, yeah. uh, you know, their friends and their their comrades and in their, their presumably is what their whole life has been for years and years and years up to this point, and um. I was just like, all right, okay, that that's basically, or at least up for most of this book, that's the the, the depth of the mystery to it. And I was like, uh, or not, that's, that's not the mystery, but that's kind of what drives the whole thing, allows it to to work. And like, Bronzy, like, it's just weird. He just like goes off and then he's in the Space Marines then. And that's... Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, it's undercut by its very premise in that we've got like Lucifer Blacks and we have these... Um, political officers um, performing their own sort of separate investigations that may come around to uh, directing some sort of assault against the Alpha Legion. But we we know that there is nothing that any human can do against Anastartes anyway. So, like, there, there isn't particularly high stakes here. But... The the point I really wanted to make up uh, to to bring up I didn't want to make it up but <laughs> um, <laughs> is that like 
I think in a good spy fiction is uh, you want to have, you want to sort of realize what's happened. You want to figure out a, a revelation within the plot. And it's normally done through hard work and kind of boring, banal um, paperwork almost. And uh, a, a good example isn't really spy fiction, but it's, have you seen the, the film Spotlight? Uh, it's about um, the Boston Globe during uh, the uh, Catholic Church abuse scandal of the oh, yeah. Yeah. early 2000s. And like that is a film about research and paperwork and yeah. like finding things out slowly and there never being this huge um, reveal. It's all done gradually and through banal legwork. And that's kind of, I, I kind of think that's what was required here. But Chain, the lead Lucifer Black, who is not a character, like he has no character whatsoever, um, he goes to his room and meditates. And through meditating, discovers the the, the problem <laughs> like he thinks very hard about something and goes Haha, there it is and from that he knows that conig henniger was a spy and that john grammaticus is conig henniger and that means yeah. that roxana has is like key to this because she has been directing him as her spy master yeah and i just went oh if you're going to do that that's essentially magic at that point, I was like, well, okay, let's finish this fucking book. Didn't enjoy any of it. And I was just, you know, counting the pages down to the to the end. You see, it's interesting, because I think I was feeling this, a similar thing at about that stage, and I hadn't articulated it quite in that way that you have now. Um, but, like, now that I think about it, part of the thing that was troubling me that I couldn't quite um, find a way to describe it, but it's like, the whole conspiracy of this book, it's like, it's kind of like a circular argument, right? Like, all the sides are basically, there's no, ma there shouldn't be any major conflict between any of them, right? Like, <laughs> they're basically all on the same side. And then it's like, the fact of them being involved with conspiracy ends up being the the principal, you know, uh, source of conflict amongst them. Which is the so, one thing that we knew all along. So it's like, because there's no, because at this point in the, well, there is some chaos in this book, right? But the chaos hasn't got into anyone in the imperial side by this stage in the history. Or sorry, uh, when I say the imperial side, I mean the the ones covered by this book in this stage. You know, this is sort of before the ho the horror heresy that we've read about in the other books has really started off. And um, so there's no, it's like it's lacking what would be the logical. Um, center of that conspiracy which is someone really turning over to the other side and that's being slowly revealed it's just not there and it's this weird military you know like spying within these allied military forces about basically not that much until a few massive things happen at the end and, but, it, and um, it's not interesting because we're the ones who know everything and like we're like it, <clears throat> okay so the characters who i don't care about they don't know and they're interested and they want to find out but i shouldn't be the one who knows everything and because i'm reading the book so so basically right that was sort of what i was thinking is like yeah, this spy novel hasn't really worked and so that question we'd left, been left hanging with last week uh, last time round on the podcast um whether it was going to pay off in that way, we kind of both agree that it didn't work, right? So, so there, you're thinking at that point, like you said, game over, don't like this one. Um, and I was sort of thinking, yeah, this has not really worked for me as well. However, so let's say we finished up in Nerth, basically, apart from, uh, obviously, there's a major battle that we haven't really talked about, but... Um, <laughs> oh, we haven't, yeah, we haven't actually talked about a, a huge plot point because... Um, when he was talking to Slyda, Slyda was actually physically there because what was so important, and this this is actually where I 
where it's very hard to write that kind of sci-fi that you were just talking about because it's very easy to slip over into what happened here which is sheer nonsense <laughs> uh, when when um uh this eldar said john it's more important than you know they have a black cube <laughs> black cube capital b capital c black cube Why? the proper noun um i forgot about that yeah. and i was like well that sounds for something that is meant like is meant to terrify this millennia old cabal um that's a shit name you, you should have done something better than that and it uh yeah I, it's like when you when you say but you know the species of of alien that's is dust that surrounds a star or whatever that's interesting that's cool black well, cube is bad well let's just take another imagined peek behind the the curtains of the black wave rewriting process here <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, just think about like uh dan abnett plotting out this novel and he's like he knows this big there has to be a big thing magic thing has to do a big chaos force at this point in the plot and you know cause a big problem and lead to a big fight with the all the protagonists and he's like right so and this is going to be a thing that cabal are warning about so he's like right can't couple right well you just you, we'll have a placeholder um I'll use a placeholder for now I'll just put it in black cube and uh I, maybe he just like drew a black cube. Yeah. It's like, well, it's just an evil object, and he's just doodling away, <laughs> just, just uh, in black biro is, is, is on his on his notebook, and then um, and then he's like, he's like, I'll go back, I'll I'll come up with something else, I'll replace this, it's fine. You know, um, you know what it could be, you know, like when you uh, use like a really irregular character that. Um, like in your document and then send it to somebody with the wrong software that, that, <laughs> that can't display uh, like a, a particular wingding two or something it just comes up as like a black square maybe he sent that to like um <laughs> the editor who was on their phone or something i know and they're like, like oh look, look at um look at uh abnett doing some like concrete poetry here in the middle of <laughs> Well, we can't we can't send that to the printers. Uh, so black cube, but but capitalize it so, so, so people knows that, that it's really scary. But anyway, the reason why this black cube is so scary is because it does a it creates the black dawn, capital B, capital D, black dawn. You just just call it the black dawn, mate. A, a, a proper nine causing another proper nine is just like oh <laughs> fucking. So like, let me correct me if I'm wrong in this, but uh, so the the imperial forces on the planet who've been sort of besieging the capital Mon Wu are surprised to find that they are under attack, um, not from within the city, but from a massive force coming at them from out. Who are who are like the the Nerthine warriors, but they are riding. Th- in a cloud of a massive dust storm basically right um towards the and they sweep through the imperial forces and so then then the titans appear um and they uh titans come along and sort of turn the tide kill everyone and kill loads of these guys and it turns out that that was what the nerthine wanted because their own blood or something would somehow activate the black cube Oh yeah, in that's... turn caused the Black Dawn. <laughs> in, in, in a very tedious exchange that was mercifully short, um, John Grammaticus said um, to Alfarius, uh, "Yo, they they have a black cube which causes the Black Dawn, which is activated by blood." Uh, oh. <laughs> right. So yeah, yeah, that's that's worth pointing out. Grammaticus managed to get himself to Alfarius via Sonica, who's now. Sir, who along with Bronzy, Bronzy brought him in to serve the, this is what we talked about earlier, it's not making much sense, to serve the, secretly serve the Alpha Legion. And Grammaticus got himself to Sonica, who got him to Alpharius, where he yeah. explained about the Black Cube. And, and Alpharius was like, if this is, if you're deceiving us, we'll kill you, whatever. Um, but they, but he took a chance and they went away and 
a lot of them still died, but um, they Man- uh, managed gets half their numbers off. Otherwise, they would have all been all been dead. So they leave, and they manage to convince surely the standout character of this book, Namit Jira, the yeah. Lord Commander. He's of the he is great, Fort. and I don't think we mentioned like, but he's got a giant pet cat or something, doesn't he? He does. Uh, yeah. He's got kind of like a his own cringer uh, from He Man, um, <laughs> but uh, it's always sleeping uh, and it doesn't magically turn into Battle Cat at any point, so it's not great. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, it's not, it's not a fighting animal really. It's just a kind of, it's just a cat. But I was expecting large. him to be attacked by a spy and then this cat to magically turn from a sort of sleepy uh, house cat to uh, a monstrous neck biter. Uh, but no, alas, no. That, that's true. Like, it's mentioned quite a bit, and you are kind of thinking it's been set up for a fight scene, but it doesn't. Yeah, so this guy, he like, he's the one thing that I'll probably remember from this book. Well, I suppose, like, like we discussed in the first half, Compared to some of the other Space Marine Legions, the Alpha Legion at least have a sustainable gimmick. Yeah, uh, you've got to give them that. But so I'll remember that. Uh, but that guy, as you know, I'm like he's a horrible character, obviously, as most characters are in these books. But he's um, he's memorable. He's got nice um, clothes. <laughs> he, he was styling some more outfits, I think, at some point in this half of the book as well. Very but, good. Um, anyway, so they they leave, and then we get onto like this is where about three quarters of way of the way into the book it decides it's it's going into part two. Um, <laughs> yeah. Can I, I? This is where I want to sort of stop talking about plot and start getting into the bits that everyone loves, and that's the structure of this book really goes from shit to really shit here. <laughs> um, up until this point, yeah, it we, we, we're we in part two, which lasts like a couple of pages. This is where the chapters start getting... It's like, yeah, I, I was thinking that. I was like, do I want to moan about this? Is it fair to moan about this? But there's, there's like one or two long chapters in the book. Yeah. Their chapters are all over the shop in terms of size, which doesn't really bother me particularly, but um, it's slightly... It's it, just... From, from what was sort of... the Before this point was... Uh, we've all read a book. You know how long the chapters are. From the next point on, it just goes completely haywire and it just feels like Dan Abnett sent a bunch of notes that he wasn't able to finish writing into the book you know like converting into prose he just sort of sent a load of post-it notes and stuff like to the editor and they just went well fuck it just arrange them this chapter is half a page long but fucking do it anyway just (laughs) just fucking sort it out and it's it just uh Maybe it's because, like, I'm sure I could have gone with it if I was enjoying the book. Do you know, um, like, like, obviously we joke about these things, but it actually, it really does genuinely seem like, not exactly what you said, but it does seem like you had a whole more elaborate part two planned out that for whatever reason had to be rushed. Yeah. Like, um, into, you know, just literally the chapters shortened or, and... Um, the whole section like a lot shorter than maybe was originally planned but um, it does <laughs> just when you're talking about that it's a, it made me think a fun job rather than a black library writer being a, an editor at the black, <laughs> black library <laughs> and just being like come on Dan <laughs> in two weeks <laughs> get it in <laughs> whatever you've got just <laughs> I think I would like start one of those um anonymous blogs you know like um uh the faceless editor or the you know the anonymous <laughs> editor speaks and just like put up some raw prose from dan abnett or or something like that and just go this is what i got sent this morning <laughs> it's my job to fit this into a fucking book i think that twitter account would like really take off <laughs> This is where, like, I thought the spy story has essentially been abandoned, sort of, at this point. And this is where it just got into, like, large-scale stupidity on a way that I found, like, I was like, okay, cool. Uh, that's I'm actually kind of enjoying this now. Um, because, so we go to, 
so basically the Grammaticus, the Cabal via Grammaticus have um, invited the Alpha Legion and Namat Jira and his Imperial uh, Army forces are coming with them as well to a planet um, somewhere off in the galaxy that um, uh, has been picked for the symbolism of its name, apparently, which uh, which the Alpha Legion didn't take kindly. To. <laughs> yeah, which actually turns out to be a, a, like a, a massive diss. <laughs> what a, what a wonderful millennia old race this is like we picked it because it's called hydra in your language and that's your symbol isn't it you're like yeah but it's a dead fucking planet oh yeah <laughs> shit that, it wasn't that wasn't the reason that wasn't the reason we've been planning this for millennia and we fucked it up <laughs> at the very start sh- sh- shit we're better than this we're better than this sorry this was the one oversight you gotta give us one everyone gets one so like <clears throat> so they've the, this planet's a dead planet but they've kind of terraformed a little section of it uh, for this meeting essentially both sides are really suspicious of each other um, Namajira is still cutting about um, being a bit suspicious of the Alpha Legion uh, and so everyone's here and um they go down to the planet and uh it's sort of like it's all geometrically shaped rocks and stuff and it's quite like the giant's causeway (laughs) on the yeah on the north coast of northern ireland it's like that it's all like um jutting geometrically shaped rocks a part of that is that there's some uh sort of regularly shaped hills that look sort of you know, um, like they might have been um, made by humans or aliens or something, um, and and pu- uh, puddles of goo. Oh yeah, there's like dead, sort of rotting life forms um, around about, and so some of the army land in this, but they don't really know why they're there. They've just been told to secure this area. Um, That's Bronzy's story. Bronzy, yeah, and uh, and at this point, so Grammaticus has been kept as a prisoner. Uh, in the Alpha Legion ship and Sonica has been kind of eating meals with him and kind of looking after him and Grammaticus thinks he's played a trick on Sonica using his, you know, mind tricks and so on mm-hmm. and the... Uh, this is this is a terrible bit as well because we know that his tricks haven't worked like they, they've explicitly told us that uh, Sonica knows that Grammaticus has been trying tricks on him. We know that the Alpha Legion have been as well, and that that is why they've been sending Sonica in. Um, Does it explain that? Because I thought it sort of left it open-ended, like you weren't sure who was uh, who had won out in that, but maybe n- you're right. It, no, it, it, it really does foreshadow that at, at the early stage. So, like, right. we are the only ones that know about that, and it's only interesting if you don't know. Um, and yeah, yeah. So, but anyway, that's a like they get down to the the planet because Grammaticus is like he's worried that because um, the the Alpha Legion are going in very kind of cautiously and you know militarily landing army units and stuff and he's like the cabal are not going to like this and he feels like he's got to get down there to um make things work basically and uh he where do they actually where is it specifically they go to meet the cabal they go inside uh they go to a cave a cave (laughs) that'll do secret Um, one so it's a secret cave Uh, so go to a secret cave and the uh the cabal appear um and they're great like yeah they <laughs> there's are it's like, like i can't remember what, I, I need to I, find the page. I, i've i've listed a lot of the species um okay here. let's hear them so <clears throat> they've got well first off was very strange because they've got some uh pallid multi-limbed creatures and i don't think it's that odd to have multiple limbs i think most <laughs> um but then i keep <laughs> describing myself as a pallid <laughs> exactly Exactly, right back at you. Um, Some that spoke through gelatinous pseudopods, stalk-like things, uh, crouching vulpine things, uh, 
species in uh, technological environment suits. Uh, a giant yeah. mollusk opened up from its shell, um, and then a beam of discolored light. Now, discolored <laughs> light, what does that mean? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> You're forgetting the two spavined avian creatures who hopped forwards and peered with bright, curious eyes. What does spavined mean? Spavined? Uh, well, I think I, I yeah. missed that. I don't know what spavined is. But, um, there are a lot of sort of <laughs> there are a lot of unusual words in this book, and then there's so Grammaticus sees all these, uh, all these folks. <laughs> Trying to think of a word to use. That. Hey, folks, um, and uh, he says hello, my masters. <laughs> I love this line. An, an insectoid scuttled out in front of the mighty elder and writhed its mouth mouth parts. So that <laughs> that insectoid is the translator, isn't he? Um, oh right, cool. Guatro or Joatro. Yeah. Um, they all appear, and um, it's it's kind of shit. They go, oh, uh, John Chromaticus, why have you brought all these mon keys here? Remember that? Uh, yeah. Because yeah. um, oh, yeah, he has he has Roxana and Sonica with him. Yeah. He, um, yeah. And uh, shock horror, uh, double cross, um, Sonica and uh, Roxana are actually members of the uh, Alpha Legion um, group that brands themselves. So they pull out a teleporting device of some sort and teleport the uh, Legion in, who all come pointing their guns surrounding the Cabal, and they're all like, oh, oh what? And um, yeah, so they, they're in charge now, and... They don't kill them, but uh, Alfarius says that uh, he was only going to talk to them. He's willing to talk, but he was only going to do it on his level. And he says, a terrible line. It, it, it doesn't take a lot of work to improve this line. He says, I can do anything I want, said Alfarius. And what I want is to be in control of this situation. That's a line in this book. Like, that is a line of dialogue. So they, and then at this point, the Cabal know what was sort of becoming pretty obvious, which is that Alpharius and Omegon are twins, and they are, well, we knew that already, but they are, like, they're both the Primarch, essentially, but this is a secret within the, the Alpha Legion. One soul in two bodies. Yeah, but the Cabal just knew this, as people tend to do in this book. They just... They probably meditated on it. <laughs> yeah. um, so the Cabal are explaining why they wanted to come to Alpha Legion, and but they're like, no, you know, we don't believe you that Horus is going to turn bad and stuff like this. And then they they say, well, let us show you with a a bit of uh, I can't remember what they call it, but it's like magic. Giving giving them it's a magic bit, yeah. They're giving them a vision that is very powerful. Oh, very yeah. powerful. About what's going to happen. It, the, it kills one man. Oh yeah, it does. Yeah, the psychic guy. Yeah, um, and they um, see this vision, and obviously that wins them over. And uh, <laughs> they um, let let's go into it a little bit deeper than that because I've 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 written down uh, quite a big passage of it because it's hugely important for this whole series. Um, first, uh, they they meet this guy called Gahet, who is a shining pillar of light and um he says this is this is my veridical testimony and you're like oh mate jesus um and he shows them this thing he says that um like the civil war that will come that has almost started already uh by horus um will end one of two ways either horus will win and chaos will triumph immediately um, or the emperor's forces will uh, prevail, um, but that they see he they see a scintilla of honor remaining in Horus, and this is where I'm just like, I'm reading this, just going, this is shit. Is this the payoff? Is this that this changes the whole series for me? But he says that um, he will secretly hate himself for the atrocities that he's committing. Um, if he wins, this will only get like deeper and stronger, and that will cause him to like destroy 
the human species. The human species will be like exterminated within uh, a couple of generations. Um, and that redemptive urge uh, will cause that. And chaos will like be with him at this point and burn brighter and stronger than ever before, but will then be extinguished in like the bit for, for what, for why? I don't know. It, it'll just sort of burn out along with Horus as the yeah, humans so, burn out as well. So this reveal is meant to be that we're kind of expecting that the Cabal are trying to like warn about Horus and stop him. And obviously this reveal was actually to, they're saying in the long run, uh, actually Horus winning this war will, it will destroy humanity, but it will end chaos somehow. Yeah, like I don't really know how, but that's what they say. And uh, he says, if Horus loses, yeah, it will put off chaos for 10, 20,000 years, uh, but it will come back. And it, um, Yeah, as uh, the, um, the Imperium will fall to like, again, it, like they, they sort of say what the others had been, the other Primarchs had been saying, it'll fall to like a bureaucratic nightmare <laughs> and um, will slowly perish over like yeah 10 or twenty thousand years uh and the and chaos will slowly grow and infiltrate it and will destroy all life so yeah. the choice is uh horus uh wins and humanity is destroyed but the rest of the galaxy will be saved from chaos or i mean horus loses and um all life is killed yeah i mean if you think about the perspective of the humans here like how, their worldview they might reasonably respond to that with well another 10 to twenty thousand years is better than nothing yeah <laughs> like I, I i thought i i, I kind of thought are these the stakes this is terrible because like we've been given no like nothing to uh like root for there is no force, there is no species, there is no uh, political entity, there is no redemption at all in this universe. And but, then uh, this choice is given to you. And you're like, but also, who gives a shit about this? Like, who we, literally, what is there for me to care about here? I mean, I don't know, but like, as a reader, you kind of can care about it. But I, I mean, from their point of view, because you can say, well, you know, you you can have as a reader you can have some sympathy with the the whole universe beyond just the imperium and humankind but from their point of view they hate all the other they hate all the aliens right yeah. so like all they'd be saving is these aliens that they hate by you know what i mean like they yeah. would wipe out humanity to save the species that they are intent on wiping out themselves you can hypothetically say on some very abstracted level okay it's a bad thing if chaos wins out in the end but like i just it doesn't make sense from the astartes point of view at all really because I, they're I, like yeah we kind of know because this is ten thousand years ago we know that a bunch of these like it, it might have been interesting to say the cabal is completely wrong like they they they're basing everything on uh, their prescience of the future, yeah. and it would be it'd be really funny if they were, if that was just really not the case. <laughs> but we we know that it is because we we know that in ten thousand years time, everything that they say will happen has happened. Well, I think it's going to turn out to be like something happens. It's a sort of fudge between. It's not exactly either scenario they depicted because. I don't know. I think there's, that's going to be something that's played out and it's not going to turn out exactly as they depict it either way. But um, So they're basically like, right, you know what you have to do. So uh, and just like but, that. But but also, again, I, I made this point a few books ago, I think, was um, they are shown, they are shown this, but what they are shown is not described. It's um, like they are shown the future and it just says like they fell to their knees screaming or something like that and it i guess it's a, a different point of view whether you like that or not but i'm like 
no, show me, show uh, like use your descriptive powers as an author and show me this yeah. terrifying thing. Don't just say that well, it was terrifying. Well, it goes back to what we we're talking about earlier. Like they've got this whole structure of spy novel or whatever, but really the key moments are just these moments of revelation, basically. You know, where, mm-hmm. whether it's through someone meditating and figuring out the answer to their investigations or it's someone just being shown this vision and and suddenly that is enough to make them literally instantly yeah uh start slaughtering their human allies um and that's how the book ends is basically they so they start shooting up the because namit jira had been suspicious of them he was thinking about the you know, bombardment of the planet, and um, when when the oh we forgot a big a city city sized alien ship lands, uh, for this the cabals. Yeah, um, the, the, that's where this revelation is taking place. Because yeah, <clears throat> yeah, and the uh, so once this revelation has happened, the Alpha Legion just immediately um, start shooting up their allies, and they board the the ship and that's just how the book ends basically in those scenes of fighting as the Alpha Legion commits to helping Horus win in order to save the Emperor but also not really because that will still lead to the destruction of humanity um, yeah so yeah the, the, like um, in, in the, the one good bit of the second half of this book um, Sly Da sort of walks up uh, to Alpharius and says so what's your decision? Um, but he's like he's asking for a lot you know he's saying you need to go against absolutely everything that you're doing and it will ensure your species' ultimate failure but it will uh, allow the rest of the galaxy and all its remaining species to live even though you hate them Um, you need to do that so you'd think you'd be like a little bit sort of softly softly but he goes, "Oi, mate! What? What's your decision? You stupid idiot! Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Have you done the right thing? It's so clearly obvious what the right thing is. Are you going to do it, or are you just going to live down to my expectations?" And Alfari's like, "It's a really, it's a silly, silly thing." He goes, "Everything I do is for the emperor. I'm made to be that way, and the emperor's ultimate goal." is to uh, fight chaos. And I'm like, it, it hasn't been up until this point. His ultimate goal has been the supremacy of humanity. Yeah. Um, um, and he's like, so uh, I will be fighting for the emperor by um, killing all the humans. And, well, a lot of the, yeah, sorry. No, no, I, I then you would think that the um, Sly Da would be, it's the right choice. But no, he just like nods and walks off. <laughs> it doesn't even give yeah, just nods he's just like oh well finally oh my god <laughs> and just walks away it's good <laughs> like it does like it's a little bit like this book which is meant to be set before most of the stuff we've read about so far apart from the dark angels book i think um is it's like the whole like in that line you said there yeah you're right like the emperor up to this point he's there's we kind of have been given indications that he's fighting some sort of secret psychic war against chaos but as far as everyone else knows that's not his like the primary goal is this um great crusade that they're on yeah. you know and like so it's a lot of the motivations in the context of how this story works really seem sort of a bit out of time in terms of the bigger narrative you know what i mean yeah. like because it's like that could maybe that would be a true statement like after the Horus heresy has happened you know to say that the emperor was fighting chaos in the form of Horus and his you know chaos but that's <laughs> going to say his, his chaos backers uh, but but <laughs> but even his chaos backers his, his funders uh, but that that is always in service of uh, protecting humanity and its uh, you know supposed place at the head of the galaxy um, yeah. It's all for that. Um, it's a means to the end, rather than a you know motivation in itself. But also, like, also in this book, there's a lot more in general. There's a lot more understanding of chaos 
amongst the Imperium than there is in the other books. And oh, I, I, yeah. I, I've stopped caring about that. I've just been like, it's all up for grabs in every new book. Yeah, and I think it's sort of maybe is explained by like the Alpha Legion's character. They, I think they maybe make reference to that at some point. You know, like their all secret dealings and the idea that they're, um, you know, they question things more than the other legions or yeah, something. Yeah, like I, it would have been enough and would have been totally believable uh, when they said, we came to you because you are clearly the most pragmatic. And they, like they do say this. They say like you are the pragmatic ones. You um, are willing to... You know the metaphor of allowing a human a human army regiment to be slaughtered in order to draw out the nerthing is sort of you know the metaphor for are you willing to allow the human race to die so that other the rest of the galaxy can yeah. live? Um, that that works in itself. You know, I, yeah. I guess it kind of works in itself. You don't need oh, and you're genetically. Yeah, more likely stupid. to be susceptible. To, it's like that's fucking shit, and uh, it's uh, okay. So that was Legion. <laughs> um, I fucking uh, hated this. I, uh, I like the last book was so good, and the first half of this book was really good, and I just felt like uh, the next one has to do something big time see, to win me back. The thing is, I like I now don't feel like the first half of this book was actually that good like i mean there was some there was some good stuff about it. i i i'm not as negative for this book as you are i think but like the, in terms of the first half of the book i don't now looking back on that has been really good because it didn't yeah that nah, stuff didn't really true. play out that well i'm like i almost was glad by the end of this book as stupid as it was i was like almost glad for as i mentioned before for a return to just like these sort of epochal ridiculous massive moments of like betrayal and um visions and alien cabals and spaceships the size of cities and stuff like that i almost was like right okay this is what we're here for but um i i didn't feel that that was uh, maybe i would have um felt that way if i got more i i didn't think that this was a particularly good example of that yeah no i suppose that's fair enough um but the next book, if you're hoping to be saved by the next book, well, two things about it. First of all, <clears throat> the first time I was just looking at the whole list of books in the series, and I think I did read Legion my first time reading these books. I'm pretty sure I did, although I'd forgotten most of it, right? I, I um, definitely didn't. And so the next book, but I think I was getting pretty pissed off by this stage because I was wanting to just, I was wanting the timeline of the first three books to be continued, or first four books to be continued. Right? Yeah. And I was getting pretty pissed off by the stage. And then the next book, when it was announced, was called Battle for the Abyss. And I was like, that's going to be good. <laughs> uh, like, that's going to be a massive war, right? In space or something. Um, and I remember being disappointed with it to the extent I think I abandoned it before I'd finished it. So oh. that's not a good sign. But then again, ones that I didn't particularly enjoy first time around... I am now. Yeah, finding, I am enjoying, and also it's by Ben Counter, who we quite enjoyed. Our boy. <laughs> what did he do? What was what was his book? He did uh, Galaxy and Flames, book number three, and uh, we quite enjoyed that. At least at the time we did. So this was Battle for the Abyss was the last book I read, apart from a later book in the series, A Thousand Suns, which was about the Thousand Suns. Um, but so I'm I'm quite interested that we're now getting to the point where. I haven't read them before, so looking forward to that. But Battle for the Abyss, I did read and I didn't like it, so um, I'm hoping I do like it this time around. Do you know Should what it's a, Do you know what it's about? Is it about uh, a, a particular legion, or is it? I think. See, like when it was Battle for the Abyss, I can't remember what legions it's about. I think it's. Um, I was imagining a huge epic scale thing, but I think it's much more. Uh, it's much smaller than that. It's like, I think it's a a, a ship focused around a ship oh a ship called the abyss or something uh, yeah 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 i think that's what it is and and it gets attacked by chaos forces and there's fighting on the ship that's all i really remember about it okay um so uh we'll I'll, I'll take a good bloodbath for sure <laughs> um if you'd like to email us you know we appreciate you listening 
and if you want to review us as neil says if you want if you hate it maybe don't review us but uh, yeah keep like that it, keep that to us. yourselves you better <laughs> bastards but yeah if you want to email us it's horusheretics at gmail.com um we appreciate you listening and uh yeah we'll be back in two weeks time from the release date of this episode which will be <laughs> just, <laughs> just say what you're doing will say what you're doing i'll just click uh, on my calendar in the bottom right of my screen. we'll be back on the second of december <laughs> um because today is the 18th of november uh and well we'll see you then i mean it's a podcast so people will listen whenever so well yeah today okay right <laughs> <laughs> done right time Thank eh you. see you later <laughs>